שלום. מי? יס. שלום. I have a question for you. For me. I don't have many answers, but I'm listening. Do you want to be healed? Who are you? We'll get to that later. But my question remains. Will you take me to the water? <laughs> Look, I'm having a really bad day. You've been having a bad day for a long time. So? Sir? I have no one to help me into the water when it's stirred up. And when I do get close, the others step down in front of me. And so... Look at me. Look at me. That's not what I asked. I'm not asking you about who's helping you or who's not helping. Rose getting in your way. I'm asking about you. <laughs> I've tried. For a long time, I know. And you don't want false hope again, I understand. But this pool, it has nothing for you. It means nothing, and you know it. But you're still here. Why? I don't know. You don't need this pool. You only need me. So, do you want to be healed? So let's go. Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. Free to walk, like he said. 
Don't forget your bed. Why does this matter? Because you're not coming back here. That life is over. Everything changes now. Um, so now I don't need to preach, you know. Yeah. So um, I thought it would be good, good to see, you know, so having that kind of atmosphere, uh, knowing that actually visualizing will enable us to uh, understand the context. So rather than reading the whole passage first, I will be going uh, verse by verse and we will be looking into uh, this passage. Before that, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your presence, God. Lord Jesus, we are already overwhelmed by your presence at the time of worship. Lord Jesus, I was so excited to see like the, the fountains popping up from there, Dan and uh, uh, Lord Jesus praying from there, and Ali is praying from there, and Lucy praying from there, you know, just like, Lord, that's your presence among us, God. <laughs> your spirit is working among us, God. And you are whether. Lord, we are sat on the balcony or watching online or sat at the front or back. Lord Jesus, you are very close to us, God. And your scripture says, those who are hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled. So this morning, this is our cry. We are hungry for your presence and for your word. Would you please come and help us to see the wonder of your majesty and your glory. Lord, if you are not opening our eyes, we are blind. Lord Jesus, if you are not giving us the wisdom, we are completely lost in our human wisdom. Lord, if you are not opening the ways for us, Lord Jesus, even we have lots of things to turn around, but we are stuck in our lives. Lord, so would you please come and help us to listen to your word and to hear your gentle voice and expression of your love demonstrator in our life so that we can follow you, we can believe you and trust in you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. So this is the fourth sign happened in the uh, book of John. You know, so uh, what is the first one? Who remember that? What is the first one? Jesus turned water into, yes, that's the one, you know, so that's the one. What's the second one? Who remembers what's the second one? Jesus cleansing the temple. Yes, you, you, you're getting there, okay? And uh, what's the third one? <clears throat> Healing the uh, royal, you know, so, so son, you know, so royal son or nobleman's son. That's in John chapter uh, 4, I think. Um, uh, uh, Dan was preaching that uh, last week, and today we are uh, uh, the fourth one that is healing the lame man. So we can see that one in John chapter one, uh, chapter five, verse one till fifteen. So we can see in, in in chapter five, verse one. Sometimes later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. We don't know that one. Many people spend hours and years to research that one. I don't want to spend there. So let them go for a doctorate or PhD at Sheffield Uni or somewhere. But let's focus on uh, quickly to the other important subject, okay? 
So we don't know that one. I think it's not that important either, but it's one of the festivals. Now there, in the, there, are now there is in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool which in Ara Aramic called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. You know. So I think there is a picture there. You might be able to see to, to understand that a little bit. Where is that located? And it is very close to the Jerusalem temple, and Jesus was there, and he coming to this specific pool. Okay. What is happening there? So there was a multitude of people. In that video, we saw that one, not just one person, a multitude of people were there. So that's in verse 3. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. There's a number of people who were there. So next to the temple, this special uh, uh, the pool there, if you read NIV or ESV or some of the verses, you know, you may not be, you may not see chapter, the verse 4, but if you go to King James Version or some other versions, there is something extra being added there, or it was uh, uh, not used in some other versions. So in that is actually, there was a pool, and uh, so there was a belief, there's an angel of the Lord will come and shake or make some uh, crazy things, whoever goes there first, they will get healed. So that's the thing. So that's the reason why people were uh, staying there for, uh, for a long time. So who has, has the capacity or ability or friends or family or whether they have a crane or some sort of technology, they will go down first. But if you are left out there, you will be there for years and years or you can stay there and make a lot of money through begging. So it could be one of the financial resources without receiving a healing. No offense, please. So we don't know what kind of situation this guy was there for. How many years, children? Did you hear that? How many years were there? Who can give me a shout? Children, how many years? You got a PDF or some sort of printout with you. Who, go, who wants to say that? Uh, who thinks it's three years? Uh, somebody said 30. Oh, 38. Yeah, 38 years. 38 years. Not one year. Or not one year, two years. Not five, 10, 30, 35, 38 years. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? Can you imagine this is a pool and you've been living here for 38 years? We might just read that passage and, okay, 38 years. But that's half of that person's life. Everything is surrounding there. The people, the familiar location, whatever is happening, is surrounding in that specific area, 38 years. So here we come. Somebody's going to meet with this person. And verse 5 one who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. Verse 6, are you ready? When Jesus saw him, can you say after me, when Jesus saw him? When Jesus saw him, lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, 
And he asked him, do you want get well? Do you want to be healed? That's a very simple question. He didn't say, hello, Jesus. Great to meet you. You are the son of God. I heard that a couple of days back, you healed the royal son. Would you please come and heal me? Did he shout that? No. Did he say any word? No. This is very different from the preach, the, the preach we heard last Sunday. There was a royal, uh, you know, just a noble man, and he was coming and pleading. We have seen that many times people deliberately touch the hem of his garment. People shout, Jesus, son of God, have mercy on me. Sometimes Jesus begged. Sometimes Jesus trying to, uh, the people trying to get his attention. Here is case is completely different. He was stuck there. There was no faith. There was no cry. There was no ask for hell. But he was living in that bubble in his comfort for 38 years. But Jesus knew it. Can you imagine? You're standing in front of someone who knows everything about you. How exciting. There is no excitement. Someone who knows your past. Woo, don't talk about that now. Someone who knows what you are thinking now. Now. Some people are thinking about the chicken curry. Some people are thinking about the Christmas tree. Some people are thinking about the leftover heating. Some people are thinking about the meal happening there. I'm talking about the students, okay? Yeah. So some people are thinking... Who is going to warm that up? Some people are going to, oh, the cheese in the fridge is going to be off. I completely forgot. Shopping list. Oh, no. I need to fix it. MOT, car insurance, fridge, freezer, washing machine, kids, nappies, this one, that one. And you are standing in front of someone who knows everything. It's quite daunting, scary experience. But imagine if that person knows your past, knows your present, and knows your future, standing there not to judge you, not to condemn you, not to bring shame on you, not to drag you through the mud, but to help you, to rescue you. Oh, you can leave it, Catherine. Otherwise, it will go back again, you know. <laughs> to, to, to rescue you and to do something good. Is that comforting? You don't feel intimidated by that person. So here Jesus knew about this man, his past, present, and future. I want to tell you the same Jesus is here today. He knows you inside out. But here, he is here to intimidate you, not to put you, bring you shame and condemnation. He is to accept you the way you are, not to make you and live you the, the way you are, but to turn your life the way he wants you to be. Sometimes we think, oh, Jesus loves me the way we are. Yes, but he doesn't want to be in that mucky situation. He wants you to 
take you, rescue you in a place. You are in a homeless situation. He wants you to welcome you into his family. You are dead. He wants to make you alive in Christ. You are down there. He wants to lift you unseated with you. You are away from God in your fleshy nature. He wants to fill you with his spirit. Your thoughts are transformed by the word of God. That is the work God is going to do in our life. So he wants to accept you where you are to take you the way he wants you to be. Because that is life. That is fullness. That is the place, no intimidation. That's the place you feel freedom. And you will be carrying his life and light. And you will be alive in Christ. Can I say hallelujah? That's the place God wants us to be. Some people think, blessing, that's a funny idea, you know, okay. God is not here to tickle your feelings. This is a life and death issue to rescue you. And he's here in front of this man with no faith, no expectation, no cry, nothing. He is here to rescue him. So he asked a question. What was the question, children? What did Jesus ask to this man? Can I hear? Do you need a chocolate? Oh? oh, yes. What was the question? Do you want to get well? Was it clear? Yes, very direct question. What was the man's response? Yes, Jesus! Is that the way he responded? Now, many times people responded very positively and proactively, but this man didn't say any word anywhere in that scripture, I want to get healed. Did he say that one? No. He didn't say that one at all. The question was very clear, but he came up with uh, lots of other excuses. Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me to into the pool when the water stirred. Jesus said, yes, I know that. Do you want to get healed? Yes, Jesus. No, there was no. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Do you want to get healed? Jesus, there are lots of problems. I've been here for 38 years. Do you want to get healed? But Jesus, you know that. That man, he goes ahead of me. That woman goes ahead of me. Do you want to get healed? But Jesus, what will happen to my financial resources? You know, this is the only way I get some money. If I get healed... This will change everything. Lots of things turned upside down. My comfort zone will be shaken. My familiarity will be changed. But Jesus question, do you want to get well?
Then Jesus said to him, He didn't say that. You don't have much faith. You don't have much expectation. You don't have much uh, enthusiasm. You know that one? Last time when I was there, there was a royal man begging. You! Gaga! I don't want to deal with you. I want to deal with the people of faith. The faith. They carry the faith. They come after me. I'm after for them. Did Jesus walk away from him? What did Jesus say to him? Jesus said to him, Get up! Pick your mat and walk. Get up, pick your mat, and walk. I love the next verse. At once. Can you say that together? At once. At once. That moment, there was no physiotherapy. There was no hydrotherapy. There was no radiotherapy. There was no oh, kind of uh, any other kind of therapy. At once. Because he is the author of life. He created everything from nothing. He said the moon to be created. He said the stars to be created. He said let there be light. He's, he created everything from nothing. He is God. At once. He received the healing. He experienced the amazing healing. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 34, two blind men scream from the depth of their voice, healing, heal us. And they followed him. This blind man followed him. In John chapter 4, verse 52 to 53, we heard last Sunday, Jesus healed the royal, uh, uh, the official son, you know. At once, the moment he said the word, the, your, your son will be well, the time was exactly the right time, exactly the right time, the healing happened there. So when we look at this situation, this man is just standing up. Can you imagine that scene? We, we can't imagine because we, we hardly see these kind of scenes in our life. We see miracles here and there. But that is 38 years. Everyone knows him. And his friend knows him. His family might know him. The neighbors and the shopkeepers, the Pharisees, the Sadducees. Everyone knows about this one. This is Something happening in the middle of a big crowd. Blind, lame. Somebody's standing up. You can't hide that. You can't just say, Oh yeah, 38 years. Thumbs up, Jesus. Well done. I knew it. That's different. Sometimes I feel like a 
John put some, some of her comments in a very interesting way. Next verse. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which it took place was a Sabbath. Can you say, oops, oops? Or you can say, oh dear. Everyone trying to celebrate. No, no, no. Oh dear. Bad timing, Jesus. You had Monday. You had Tuesday. You had Wednesday. You have Thursday. Friday. And you spoiled it. You could be a bit more careful, Jesus. You should appoint me as your advisor, you know. I should look at the calendar and advise you. Yes, strike. Done. Stop. Stop. Move. It will be peace and quiet. Nice and tidy. But when the kingdom of God invade, he's not worried about what kind of situation you are, who is looking at your place, who is involving in your life. Only thing the kingdom is knowing, looking, a person created in God's image and likeness is completely lost. He wants to save you and rescue you. He's not looking for the approval from the surrounding, from the family of friends. He wants to save you because he knows that without his saving grace, you are dead. But he healed him. Is it intentional Jesus did these kind of things? We, have, we can see that in many places. Matthew chapter 12, verse 10. Don't read that one. Uh, you can read at home. Luke chapter 13, verse 10 till 17. Luke chapter 6, verse 6. John chapter 9, 16, verse 16. You can see that Jesus healed on this special day. And he came to the temple and cleared the temple. He's trying to communicate something here. And Jesus knew this is going to cause chaos. And he's not going to be popular and trendy. That's going to happen in your life also. When you are not following God, you will be popular and trendy. You will be some sort of adjusting according to what is happening. But when the kingdom comes and invades your life, you, know, you won't be trendy anymore. You are moving against the current. That causes friction. If you flow according to the current of this culture, it will be smooth and easy. The culture take you wherever that goes. At the end, it there won't be any life. It will be completely dead and separated from God. But when you decided to follow Jesus, what will happen? That changes everything. That's the place you meet the friction. Thankfully, I'm following that clock. That's only quarter to nine. As an Indian, that's a good news, you know. I can preach until 12 o'clock. God is merciful and compassionate, you know. No.
Somebody's trying to turn it now to 12.30 now. So please, don't do that. Jesus cleared the temple. And he did that deliberately on that day. What he was showing, he's available for the, for the poor, for the marginalized, people on the fringe. Even people, they don't want to follow him. Still, he wants to give an opportunity to communicate about his kingdom and his glory. Let's move on. And he had lots of complaints. Not a single time this person didn't ask Jesus, Who are you? Thank you so much. Did he say that? We don't see that much. He just picked up the mat and walked. Let's see where is he now. <clears throat> the man who was healed had no idea who it was. Thanks. For Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Why did Jesus do that one? The beginning list was there was a crowd. There was blind, lame, lots of people with need were there. Jesus didn't say that. Come on, everyone. I already performed my miraculous, powerful uh, intervention. Who is next? He didn't say that one. So he was not after familiarity or fame or name or to declare the kingdom of God in a spectacular way so that somehow people will creep in and follow him. No, there was no intention. Jesus did that many, many, many times. He said, don't tell anyone. Don't speak to anyone. He just, just walked away. He hid amazing things and he just he just disappeared. He just moved among the crowd. What was showing? He was, his intention was not fame or name or trying to build his kingdom, not through that way. What he was up to then? Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, He's inside the temple now. Where was he before? He was outside the temple. Where was he before? He's near a pool and expecting some miracles to happen there. He was expecting, this is going to solve my life issues. It could be, our pool might be anything. It could be friends. It could be families. It could be money. It could be our education. It could be our intelligence. It could be anything. We always think one day somehow I managed to nail it and fix it. But one day, two days, three days, one year, three years, four years, five years, there's a big disappointment. There's a big hole. I try to put shopping there. It's not fulfilling. I try to buy gadgets. Nothing is fulfilling. I try to get a new job. Nothing is fulfilling. I try to get some education. It's not fulfilling. Oh, let's get married then. Okay, that's going to fix the issue. So that, oh, this is more complicated than I thought. 
Let's have some children then. Okay, that's going to give me a bit more comfort, you know. So let's have some pet there and husband there and children there, wife there. Somehow, you know, I will survive. The pool. Which pool are you this morning at? Somehow. You might be here this morning with faith or without faith. But Jesus is meeting one person among the crowd. He did that many times. He met with Adam and Eve. He met with Isaac, Jacob, Abraham. They were not following God. He met with Moses. He was not following God. There was an Elijah. There was a prophet. He amazing miracles done. Then he wants to die. He wants to commit suicide. He wants to run away from his responsibility. God met with him where he was. And there was a Gideon. God hold him. Hey, powerful Jimmy boy. He said, no, I'm trying to hide. He met with him where that person was. Not because of their spectacular expectation of faith, but that is the grace of God. That is the love of God to see humanity, his children to be rescued and taken out of captivity into the freedom. Now he's in the temple. And he said something spectacular, amazing. See, you are well now. See, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. It was not a threat. At that time, there was a cultural understanding. If you are sick, you did something wrong. If you have something wrong in your life, you know, that's part of your, you know, so the way you are living, especially in India, is always connected with the karma. You know, so like in Hinduism, you think if you're bad, something happened, you did something bad. So, Bad and bad connected, you know. So how do you, how do you fix that one? You do something good, your life will be good. So there was a kind of understanding there. There is a general understanding. We all know that as Christians, you know. So because of the fall, sin and the sickness, everything gone chaos. But we cannot say all sickness are connected to specific individual sins. There are times God used death and sickness for his glory. I'd like to read a couple of scriptures, you know, just to clarify that one. So, uh, in, uh, in uh, let me read that one. That's uh, in There was a time, there was a blind man was there, and his disciples said, whose sin is that causing him to be in that position? Jesus said, it's nothing to do with sin. That was to demonstrate God's glory. 
There are times in the scripture, sickness can be directly connected with sins. There are times it's not directly connected. In this case, we don't know. But something important in this scripture, see, you are well now, stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. It might be he is pointing to something greater happening. He's, Jesus is mentioning that it's going to be in chapter 5, verse, uh, uh, verse uh, 28, 28, verse 5, 28. You know, so uh, that will be in the next page. But I'm just going to just read that one. Do not be amazed at this one, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done what is Good will rise to live, and those who are done what is evil will rise to be condemned. By myself, I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is right, for I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. Jesus is talking about a greater day is coming. Now you are physically healed. That is not the conclusion of your spiritual healing. Things are not going to be great. He's not saying things are going to be amazing. You can be physically healed, but your, if your soul is completely lost, it's nothing. So the worst thing, there will be a day coming. This is an invitation for you my mercy and my grace, your undeserved healing, even though you didn't call out for anything, I came to a place to rescue you and heal you so that your eye will be opened and turn to the living Savior and your heart will crave and hunger for a total full healing of your whole being. That is the worst thing in your life. You can have everything and losing your soul. You can have physical miraculous healing and completely failing to follow the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You can have every money in this world and all the happiness of this world, but completely failing to follow the saving grace of God. That's the worst thing. So God used signs and wonders and miracles not to show that, look at me, I'm powerful. He doesn't need to do that. He already demonstrated that one. But when he shows miracles and wonders and signs and wonders and miracles in our life as healing or miracle or supernatural, where is he leading us? So that our eyes will be lifted to him rather than turning to them, we will turn to him. That is the greatest glory. God might have done amazing miracles in your life. Romans chapter 1, 18, onward, 18 onwards, it says, The wrath of God being revealed from God against all the, uh, the ungodliness and the wickedness of, of the people, ungodliness and the wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be 
known about God is plain to them. Because God has made it plain to them. It's very clear. Everyday mercy, rain, sunshine, God's provision, healings, miracles, breathing, heartbreak. You know, so everything is going well. For since the creation of the world, God's invincible qualities, His eternal power, divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. Man, you don't have any more excuse now. You didn't have any faith. You didn't have any expectation. You didn't have any cry. You didn't have any qualities. But God met him where he was. And there is an invitation. You are well now. Don't stay there. There is something greater will be coming. You will be standing in front of the church. That's God. And he's merciful and compassionate. That is why he's inviting us into that one. This morning as you are listening this preach, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. And sure, understanding, and some understanding, some, some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not waiting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Jesus came to this man, heal him, and he's inside the temple. But Jesus was trying to communicate, I want to make you as my temple. I want to live in you, not inside the temple. I want to make you the temple so that you can carry my glory. You can carry my healing, not inside something, but I want you to become something the way I want you to be. That is a great invitation for us this morning. So he said, get up. In Greek it says, wake up. Stand up. Whichever pool you are this morning, God wants to give you a big shout. Get up and walk. Not just saying, thumbs up and walking away from him. Walking towards him and lifting your eyes and see, I want to follow you, Jesus. Many people worshipped him after receiving healing. What was his response? The man went away and told the Jewish, lead, Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. Can I hear another? Oh dear. He didn't go to Jesus and say, I want to follow you. 38 years. I didn't ask for it, but your mercy met me where I was. But what he did, he went to the leaders and told, that was him. We see these different people in the history. Some betrayed him. Some kissed him. Some came back and worshipped him. And followed him. 
Jesus never forced or do a miracle to change your heart and forcefully make you follow him. He will do miracles in front of you, but the choice belongs to us whether we want to follow him or not. This morning, he wants to set you free from where you are stuck to take you to where he wants to be. Let's pray. The band can come. We are going to respond. Both physical healing and turning your heart to the king so that we can be fully rescued by his sovereign grace. Father.